This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Hollywood couldn't have released a horror movie any more horrifying than what parts of Mississippi experienced last Friday night. From Rolling Fork to Amory, a monster wedge tornado skied this way through the darkness like a serial killer on the prowl. Powerful EF4 winds left a nearly mile-wide scar across the state, killing and destroying along its path. 26 and rising Mississippians lost their lives. It's the highest death toll from a tornado in the 20th century. Towns were erased in the time it'll take me to read this paragraph, and in those hellish moments, 18-wheelers landed on homes, water towers crumpled, brick structures were swept from its slabs, trees were reduced to matchsticks, and mobile homes were crushed like beer cans. Seconds seemed like hours. Random decisions saved lives and cost lives. The noise is said to have been horrific, like a screaming banshee stalking its prey. You could not escape its fury. Last Tuesday, I had the pleasure of speaking in Rolling Fork as part of the 2023 Lower Delta Talk series. The library was full of smiling faces, and we had a great evening full of laughs and conversation. I meant to eat at Chuck's Dairy Barn and go around town to take some pictures, but instead, of course, I was running late and ended up pulling up in two wheels just, you know, minutes before I was supposed to speak. Little did I know, the few pictures that I did take were some of the last images of Rolling Fork BT before tornado and i'll be honest i'm haunted by the images that i'm now seeing on the television and on the line and i guess it's because i can now connect the damage to the people that i met or maybe it's just tapping into some leftover ptsd from katrina mississippi sadly has made me really good at drawing debris in my cartoons but this feels personal and and the storm was headed to the north but it took a turn and hit rolling fork right between the eyes and and frankly i've worried about the people that i met ever since so we're going to uh, today, we're going to have uh, some people on today to talk a little bit about what they experienced throughout the storm. We're gonna, we've got several callers that are coming in that have experienced it firsthand. And not only tell them what they saw, what, but how ways that you can help. And so uh, we've got a good show lined up for today. And our first guest today is, is Kevin Adams. And Kevin was up in Carroll County when the storm came blowing through. And I definitely, Kevin, I just wanted to say thank you for taking the time to be with us today and tell us a little bit about what you saw, but also um, what happened up toward that area. Because I drove through there on Saturday, I drove through on 55 and saw the damage near Winona, a couple miles south of the exit. And I realized that that must have come through pretty close to where y'all were. So thank you for taking the time today to be on with us. Yeah, thanks, Marshall. Appreciate you having me on and appreciate you uh, giving attention to the Carroll County area, because I I don't think that most know how bad it was hit and and the loss of life that took place there. So so we live in Madison, and we have a lake house at Spring Lake in Carroll County that's uh, off of Highway 35, kind of in between Baden and Blackhawk, if you looked at a map. Uh, Just a a rural area, but a beautiful place out in the country. And there's about 35 homes that, uh, that are out there and we have some mutual friends, Marshall, as you well know, that, that are out there as well. And so I I got there around 6.30 um, Friday, and, of course, you know, just a normal night watching basketball, and you see everything come on the TV as, as they broke in over the basketball coverage. And I told my wife, Pam, that um, I said, this storm's heading straight for us. And so, so we uh, we started taking precautions, you know, and she goes and hunkers down and, 
uh, I probably wasn't the smartest thing for me to do, but I, I just kind of stood at the back sliding glass wind door um, overlooking the lake. And, you know, it's, we're in the hills. It's Carroll County, you know, it's a it's hill, very hilly. And uh, looking over the lake and, and top of the hill over the other side of the lake, you could just see this monstrous-looking storm, you know, coming at you. Um, and then, you know, the infamous, you know, here in a freight train. Uh, which I've never experienced in my life before, and I hope I never have to again either. But it came straight over the top of, of Spring Lake, um, and from where we were, it came over the top of us, but it never hit ground exactly where we were. So we were fortunate uh, to only lose a, a big oak tree in our in our yard, but several other neighbors around lost you know much more bigger trees. Uh, we had you know one house that had a tree that went right through the center of it, destroyed the home. Uh, fortunately enough, they weren't there, uh, but the the damage to, to timber and those things around uh, is just hard to explain unless you see the pictures of it uh, with power lines intertwined all around it. Uh, but Spring Lake is gated, and so we had no access in and out um, of any any exits or people coming in uh, until late Saturday afternoon just because of, you know, the level of damage and the trees that were down. You know, as the storm traveled, you know, kind of on the – line of, a, of the map, it moved from Spring Lake and just kept going northeast, you know, at, towards Winona, and as it hit, hit, it hit ground right at County Road 53, or excuse me, Highway, Highway 35 and County Road 54, uh, where there were some homes there, and there's a swath probably a mile wide if you ride along that road that was absolutely devastated. So... Um, Really a, a, a difficult time. There were um, a family there was uh, tragically killed. Um, uh, Mr. and Miss Danny and Helen Munford and their son, 14-year-old son Jadarian, who's a student at Jay Z George. They were they were in the home and uh, when the tornado hit it and tragically killed. So um, you know, and from there, obviously, you know, you saw what happened south of Winona. So it just you know it, it went just kept going northeast and eventually to uh, Amory. But uh, just a bad bad night and uh, just a, a, a massive storm. Wow. I mean, like I said, I really do appreciate you being on because, number one, of course, being trapped in there was – but to have that close of a call, and like I said, you got to not only see it, but you got to hear it too. And, and, and it almost – from what I've heard from the people in Rolling Fork too, that it just didn't even almost sound like a tornado. It was so incredibly loud. Yeah, it, it definitely was loud and just, you know, the pressure. You could feel the pressure in the air. And, you know, my business partner uh, here in Madison experienced the one that hit Fairfield so many years ago back in the early 2000. And, you know, it, it destroyed their home. And he and I were talking about that this morning. Just pressure in the sound is just something that you don't forget. And certainly an unforgettable um, situation, experience. But, uh, again, thankfully, you know, for our little community in Spring Lake, uh, no injuries, you know, with property damage. There's, you know, you, you lost a lot of beautiful timber, uh, but you know that will take it compared to what what could have been. So. Yeah, definitely. You sent me along some um, ways that people can help. There's the Carroll County Assistance and Relief. Um, uh, you, your your wife Pam spoke with uh, Supervisor Claude, Claude Fluker a little bit, and they basically. Um, Tell us a little bit about that. I've got it right here in front of me, too. Uh, you can make yeah, donations yeah. in different places. 
Absolutely. And uh, so I sent that to you, Marcia. So, if you know, if you can post that to where those can have access to it, but I'll go ahead and tell. So Mr. Claude Fluker is the supervisor for our district in that area that was impacted so badly there in Carroll mm-hmm. County. And he's a super nice man. And they, they had an emergency supervisor meeting this morning at 9 a.m. in Carroll County uh, to address the issues within the area and the families that are impacted. So um, I didn't get a chance to speak with him directly, but Ken, Ken Stratton is the head of emergency management for Carroll County. His phone number is 662-299-5495. And anyone that is wanting to volunteer, help, do anything, Ken said to please reach out and, con- and text him or call him. Um, but they have set up some drop-off locations for food and water. Um, J.D. George High School in Carrollton, the North Carrollton Baptist Church, Hillview Baptist Church out on Highway 430, and K&M Grocery that is on at the intersection of Highway 17 and 430. Additionally, uh, Bank of Commerce is a, is a well-known bank uh, there in Greenwood with a location in Carrollton. And Melanie Welch called me this morning, and they have set up an account for donations, and the bank is going to administer uh, the disaster relief, fund, relief funds um, there for those in need. And their number is 662-237-9272. Um, so that'd be a great resource for those that want to make a donation uh, to help some of these families. Um, but another thing that uh, Mr. Stratton noted was that there were several families that uh, were displaced and their houses destroyed and all their personal belongings. So the county put them up in hotels. Uh, I think primarily the Holiday Inn Express is there on the interstate on 55 and Winona. Um, but these are families that lost everything, have no personal belongings, hygiene, clothing, or anything. So uh, a real need for that as well. So um, a lot of needs, a lot of people, you know, without um, – and I know for Spring Lake, you know, we still were without power there yeah. uh, because the, the, the tree damage was so bad in the power lines it, that Delta Electric has worked 24 hours a day just trying to clear lanes and trying to get in to where they can restore power and uh, uh, to, to the homes that are there. Well, God bless the first responders and, of course, the, the, the heroes, the linemen. But I just wanted to say thank you for taking the time today and kind of giving us a heads up of what, what happened there. Because, like I said, there was just so much damage all the way across the state that, that I don't think people even realized that there were other areas that were hit, too. So thank you for, for yep. coming on with us today, Kevin. Hey, Mark, let me say one last thing. Sure. Just, I'd say just pray for the, the family of the Munford family. Amen. Not, on, not only um, – you know, the loss that, that their 14-year-old son, as I understand it, has a twin brother that survived. Oh, no. But also, Miss Munford yeah. is a school elementary school teacher and bus driver in Carroll County. And so you've got students that have lost their teacher, uh, you know, and those that she impacts, you know, just, just seeing them every day, just that friendly face of a school bus driver. So. Yeah. Uh, just a tragic situation, and just, uh, just just pray for that family. I will do that. I will do that, and I know everybody will too. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. 
Hi, Marshall. Thanks, buddy. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Bye-bye. Kevin. All right. I appreciate that. That was, of course, Kevin Adams up in the Carroll County area. And now we've got Skip Skaggs on. And Skip, I've known Skip for a long time and got a text from him on Friday night and saying, you know, that there's really, really bad wind. And I said, I think there may be a tornado coming your way. And sure enough, the tornado hit um, a good chunk of Amory and caused quite a bit of damage. So, Skip, uh, thank you for joining us today. And, uh, you know, uh, this is kind of last second, but I just wanted you to come on and kind of give us a heads up of what's going on up in Amory. Well, Marshall, thank you uh, for the opportunity to be with you and, and for your uh, your bully pulpit to, to spread the word and, and let people know uh, how, how folks can help. Um, Amory is situated about 25 miles south, south, East or south, uh, yeah, southeast of Tupelo, on the east side of the Tenentom Waterway, and the storm cut across the waterway just south of 278 Highway 278 and cut at a diagonal up through uh, Amory, took out West Amory and up through uh, just the west side of downtown, and then uh, on up toward the high school. Um, it's a different landscape. You know, Friday night I was able to uh, kind of cut my way out of the, the neighborhood, me and Dr. McPherson, a local pediatrician. We were able to kind of cut ourselves out and uh, make. I made my way over to a friend's house uh, near the high school, and we ended up just trying to clear in roads. You know, I didn't have a chainsaw at the time, and um but others did, and they just showed up. People just showed up from 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 everywhere. Um, really, on Saturday as well, more so. Um, again, clearing roads, trying to to make it passable. It took me probably thirty five, forty minutes to get across town when normally it would have taken five minutes. Hmm. Um, a lot of trees down, a lot of power lines down, um, but. What has amazed me has been the resiliency of our community. Uh, the, the, we, we're seeing the best in each other at the worst of times. Um, Saturday afternoon, I was over at my friend's house. We were trying to clean up the, the trees in his yard, and two guys just showed up from Wingfield, Alabama. They jumped out of the Jeep with chainsaws wow. in hand and said, where can we help? And people driving through, you know, yes, there were some that were just kind of tourists, but a lot of folks were stopping and saying, hey, have, passing out bottles of water out of their window, um, just helping everybody as, as they can. Um, right now, we are still in, in cleanup mode. Um, power lines are out. We just, at our house, we just had natural gas was turned back on at our house this morning. Uh, we did get power Saturday um, but others do not have water, nor do they have power in the areas that were hit uh, with the brunt of it. So, you know, we're, neighbors are sharing, offering, uh, offering up anything they have to, to help neighbors, and you know, that's what makes this community and this state a special place that it is. Yeah, no, I talk about chainsaws and casseroles. You know, it's like before you can get out of the rubble, there'll be a church van in your front yard with people drunk would feed you and cut. And that's exactly what happened. And I mean, you sent me a video like late at night and there you could just hear chainsaws going. It's almost like everybody in Mississippi should be issued a chainsaw um, because it seems like we know how to use them. Definitely. 
Uh, but, you know, you, you talked about, of course, what part of town that got hit. And for those who are familiar with Amory, it's, it's a great town. It really is. And I know you've got a very special place in your heart for it. But uh, the armory got hit. Um, the high school, like you said, the high school got torn up pretty bad. So there's there's going to be some long-term recovery issues as well, too, aren't there? There will be. Uh, um, school has been canceled for this week. Uh, we were out, uh, my son and I were out looking at the high school um, yesterday. And, you know, the baseball field, the softball field, they're destroyed. The uh, football field looks pretty bad. And there was, I did see a structural engineer truck. He was cruising the area, so I think they're they're looking at that. Um, the National Guard, the armory is located right behind the high school. Uh, they had just put a new roof on it or had fixed the roof, and now it's uh, it's in really bad shape. But I think they're able to to use it as a as a base for now. Um, it'll be interesting to see. How we uh, how we bounce back uh, with the schools, but uh, we will make do, and we will make the best of the situation, no yeah. matter what it is. Yeah, it sounds like, and you're going to do it together, which is is incredible. Is there any way that you can suggest to people to be able to help? And, and like you said, it sounds like people have already figuring that out. But are there ways that people can donate or they can give their time to help up in Amory? Yeah, you know, I had I had my friend. He drove down from Corinth. He owns uh, Corinth Hardware. He showed up with uh, gas, chainsaw, oil, um, chain lubricant. Um, but if, if folks really want to, to help or volunteer, I know that the Red Cross is set up at um, the old armory, which is located um, on Ninth Street near the middle school. That's where they're asking people that want to volunteer to come in and check in. Um and then they can help dispatch them to where they need to be. Other than that, I know that the, the Salvation Army is present with their mobile uh, meal center, giving out meals. So I would encourage if you have, if you want to make a donation, either the Red Cross or the Salvation Army. That's perfect. That's perfect. Hey, Skip, man, thank you for taking time out of your day to tell us about what's going on up that way. And and um, you know we'll be praying for Amory definitely, and and for folks. And if I can be of any help, just let me know. Thank you, Marshall. Take care. All right. Talk to you soon. Tornadoes random nature make them particularly cruel. One house could be standing, another next door will be totally gone. Life seems normal, but then you get within the zone and everything is gone. It's not fair. It's not fair that Silver City got obliterated. It's definitely not fair that Blackhawk and Winona got hit. And it's not fair that Amory's fine people are suffering today, too. It's really not fair that Smithville got clipped as well. Of all the towns that should never be hit by a tornado ever again after they got wiped out by the EF5 tornado in 2011. Definitely not fair what happened in Rolling Fork. But there but for the grace of God go we. And you're listening now. You're talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. And and, and back we're with our Mississippi after the storm coverage a little bit. Uh, our next guest is somebody I bumped into at the band book festival on Saturday and she's from Fairhope, but she's really from Yazoo city. I mean, um, you know, she's from Mississippi and she was up here for that, but then she hopped in the car and cut out early and went up to silver city to, to tell stories. Cause that's what she does. Um, she's a podcaster and an incredibly talented uh, photographer and storyteller in her own right. Lynn old shoes with us. Lynn, thank you for joining us. It's good to talk to you again. I didn't, expect to be talking to you this quickly, but uh, I'm so glad that you're taking a little bit of time to 
tell this, what you saw up there because you definitely got some great stories. Yeah, I mean, I was excited that morning about meeting you and then went out into Silver City and met and listened to stories that just, I mean, you're standing there and they have people who've lost everything and still have this faith and hope and love for their community. And I mean, like you said, it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. Right. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, seriously, and you're from the Delta, you know. Right. And the fact that that, that, that tornado not only hit one town, but the fact that it beelined and hit Silver City right after it just took, completely obliterated rolling forward, the odds of that even happening are pretty nil. And and to do that, and but like you said, here you're in the face of such horror and such just, I mean, unspeakable evil i guess you know and but then you see the goodness of people out of out of the rubble it's just very breathtaking and like they said about silver city i mean i've driven through there the delta is my calming place and i go there to forget everything else and take pictures and then silver city how many times have i driven through there and not seen it because all the trees right and now old silver city which i didn't realize was right there um and, and as I said, um, William Barnes told me, you know, it's, he called it a week of, wink of an eye place. If you go by too fast, you'll miss it in the wink of an eye. Well, they kind of built I mean, a bypass around it when they four-laned it, right? You know, so, I mean, yeah, you don't even really see it on your on your way up to Belzona. Yeah. But then he called it a wink of an eye place, and he said, now the eye is gone. Oh, wow. But, uh, and he's worked for 35 years. Um, for consolidated catfish. And my dad was a catfish farmer, so this totally connected with me. But he's worked for 35 years for this catfish processing plant, and everything's gone. He said, you work your lifetime and try to do it all right, and it's gone. I mean, all they have literally is themselves. And a Barbie doll and a goldfish bowl full of coins and their kids' high school diplomas. Wow. Yeah. But as he told his daughters who were crying, he said, look at me. He said, you still see me here? We still have everything. We still have each other. Well, he gets it. I mean, on that, but I mean, they were, were they just hunkered down in the bathroom or how did they survive the storm at they, all? Because, yeah, I don't see how anybody survived that storm going so through there. There's a, in their circle, there were, I think, six. You could, all you saw was the, where the trailers were, the trailer yeah. home. They oh, went gosh. to his mother's house next door. But, like, in their little section, I think six were wiped out. I mean, literally, it was just the concrete slab and the pavers going up, the little concrete pavers making a walkway to theirs. So the siren, like, I think weathermen and, and weather sirens saved a whole lot of people that day. But they heard the siren, went to his mother's house, and they survived. He saved, and, like, the door was blowing in on him. He pushed the door to save his mother's life. Wow. And, um... The one, but there's one that everybody kept talking about Robert who had died. He was in actually a brick home, but a beam from a trailer had gone through and killed. He was, and he was saving his wife's life and it killed him. But I think she's in, she was in surgery when I was there. But um, everybody kept talking about him, about here's this one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet and why is he gone? So... Yeah, I mean, so much for them to process. I just, yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, you question your, your faith. Why did this happen? Why did it come through the ceiling and kill one of the nicest men in the world? And then you turn around and then you see people showing up, you know, literally to help. Um, incredibly powerful. I mean, for you, I mean, like I said, you've 
you've told a lot of stories and everything else, and, and that had to be, for you, it had to be incredibly moving to see see that and being part of the Delta, too, and just seeing yeah. that community come together like that. Yeah, but it's it's what we as humans do. I mean, why does it take the worst of times to bring out the best of us? Oh, exactly. Um, one thing, you know, you know, I talked about this yesterday, but it's about the details. And you mentioned a snow globe from Katrina. Yeah. Mine was a little 45. I'd walked up to this house, and I saw this old man walking through. And, like, like it stunned me that there was even somebody alive in this house. But he walked out, and um, his name was Oscar. And we started talking, and I'm like, he was in the only part of the house he could have been in and survived. Um, but I looked down by us, and there's this little 45 of Denise Williams. I'm so proud. And I picked it up and handed it to him, and um, it started these, I said, what, what did this all mean to you? And he, he used to be a bootlegger. <laughs> he would make copies of bootleg music and sell it. Um, but he once had an album collection, and one of his best friends in that community, she passed away two years ago, and he sold his album collection to give the money to her daughter to help her through. Wow. That's community. Yeah. Um, and that's who they are. They've been together for generations. Their mamas and grandmamas have owned those houses. They all went to school together. And, Marshall, every time I missed it. Like, how many times do we miss things? I didn't understand that. And, and I go do this. I go talk to you. Like, you just miss these communities. You don't understand until something happens and we go and pay attention. What are, I mean, you were there. You saw the people coming in. I mean, what are some ways that we can help? I mean, are there any organizations that you saw that were coming in to help, or is there any ways that you that you've heard of that we could? I mean, because I'm I'm thinking, how does a city like Silver City come back? Um, I don't know, and I'm gonna start digging into that. I mean, at the time, like everybody was in Rowan's work, and that's actually my husband's a former weatherman. He said, "Go to Silver City. Nobody's yeah. there." Um, and so I did, and, and I, spent, I know that area a little bit better. And um, so I think everything's going to Roland Fork right now. I mean, like there were some people feeding. So I've got to figure out Silver. I know there's a GoFundMe for Little Rock and stuff, but I'm, I'm still trying to figure out Silver City. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, I'll, um, I'll pass that along on my social and 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 let people know when I hear um, on that too. Yeah, you're right. And like I said, the Rolling Fork obviously deserves a lot of attention because it's gone now, but Silver City's gone also. And that's what we're trying to do kind of on the show today is get as many people right. and voices from different parts of states. And I knew you had been there and you could tell us what you saw firsthand. Um, and right. thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, yeah. It, it does. It, it takes your breath away, the humanity of it. Because on the news, you just see the drone footage or yeah. – it's awful like somebody stomped on the town, but then you go in and hear the stories of who these people are, and it changes everything. Definitely, definitely. Well, Lynn, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to talk to us. I I need to get you on the, the show as a full-hour guest soon, so uh, we will make that happen because you're very good at this sort of thing as well. So, um, Oh, well, no, you, you're on my list. You, you mean, I've already talked about it for other stuff, but, um, okay. but yeah, be- so I just appreciate so much what you do and so yeah oh thanks well man i really appreciate it. like i said I, i'm glad you came on to be able to tell silver city story because it's one that needed to be told so well, i appreciate it and we'll talk soon okay thanks Martin. thanks all right. all right we got martin white up next from the sully b norwood lodge um man martin thank you I, you've got a great story too and i i'm really appreciative of you taking the time to be on and jermaine's going to jump in too uh, for part of this and and so we're just going to have a conversation so thank you for being with us today 
No, thank you for having me. It's it's an honor. I really appreciate it. Oh yeah, no, I mean it's my honor to talk to you because you you uh, did what we tend to do. You hopped in the car and you figured out a way to help folks. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, and Martin, tell us about what the decision was when y'all came to the decision that you all were going to head out that way, and um, just about what you know what you all did when you were there. Definitely. So. Um, our leadership team and, and I'm a son of Lodge, our worshipful master, which is like the president and um, our, you know, our vice president, which is our senior ward and myself, the junior ward. We got on a phone call Saturday evening at around 645, 7 o'clock, you know, when basically the call to action was we have to do something. So um, we got the phone. We, we set a budget of about $600. And, you know, our worshipful master said, hey, go to Sam's, get whatever you need. You know, let's make it happen. So me and another brother of mine um, by the name of Bobby Pamplin, we got to Sam's 15 minutes before they closed. <laughs> so uh, we got there. We bought all of the hamburgers. We bought all of the hot dogs. We bought all of their buns. So, Sam, if y'all ran out of buns, it's because of us. We apologize, but I'm pretty sure you love it. <laughs> um, so we got all of that. And Saturday morning at around 730, we packed all of the stuff up in his truck and we have four other brothers to um to ride in another vehicle and we packed our lodge grill which is a huge grill that we use for our lodge picnic statewide picnic uh regional picnic and we drove up to rolling fork and we set up shop one of our brothers his brother-in-law was a former constable in rolling fork so he was able to get us access to an area right off of Highway 61, but the drive up there through Yazoo City, you know, and going through, I forgot the name of that road leading into Rolling Fork. Yeah, 14 to 61, the, yeah. You can see all the debris um, in, in the fields and then just going into Rolling Fork is nothing that I've ever seen in my life. Like, you see things on TV, you know, you watch movies where it's natural disasters and you can see all of those effects, but it's nothing like seeing it with your own eyes. Like it, 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 it was heart wrenching. Um, that's the, that's the best way to describe it. It was absolutely heart wrenching. Like the, the people of Rolling Fork literally lost everything, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. And so just for us to, um, you know, basically get there, set up shop um, and cook on the spot. And there were some other other vendors and other, you know, businesses around us that was bringing us materials and food that we can cook to, to put on our plates and give out to people. There was a barbecue place out of Lucidale, Mississippi, that brought us some baked beans and, and some pulled pork and was like, hey, take it, you know, give it out. We're about to pack up and leave because they had been there since the previous morning and the owner of the restaurant had to get back to Mobile, Alabama because he has a regular job and he had to, you know, get prepared for, for work. There was a, um, a fish restaurant out of Itabina, Mississippi, who, um, who was right next to us, who was giving out fish. So just to see how everybody at a short period of time come and was selfless enough to say, Hey, we want to help. We want to contribute. Um, and let's 
let's take care of you and love on you and give you our support the best way that we can right now. Right. It was it was amazing to see. Right. Talk about the reception from the residents. I mean, when y'all are out there cooking, what are they saying on mm-hmm. the ground to you all when they're out there eating and kind of fellowshipping with you all during this this time? It was it was grateful. It was gratefulness. Um, you know, they them they themselves they're in a in a state of shock because this is something that's never happened to them before, of course. So they're trying to figure out how they're gonna pick up the pieces. Um, I have a friend of mine who's from the area who lives in Jackson where, where I live and she was saying that she a lot of those citizens that live there didn't have homeowners insurance. Right. Yeah. So, you know, just to know that that factor of it and, you know, they're trying to pick up the pieces the best they can, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's another element to it, but it was gratefulness. Um, you know, we, we got a chance to have conversations with a lot of those citizens, you know, love on them, hug on them, let them know that we're not just here today. We're going to be here on a continuous basis to not just cook, but clean up efforts, um, you know, getting clothes for, for kids, for for moms, you know, for dads, you know, diapers. And there was a lot of those things that was happening right, like, neighboring to where we were set up. You know, there were, I think it was Dollar General or another store who was dropping off boxes of, of diapers and hand sanitizers and right. deodorants, toothbrushes, all of those things. So, right. That's you know, powerful. it was just a, it was gratefulness. That's powerful. Now, Martin, when it comes down to the Solly B. Norwood Lodge, will you all be heading back out anytime soon to, to continue with the relief efforts? Definitely. So we're having that conversation now. Um, and it's just a matter of figuring out exactly what to do. So, of course, our lodge is named after Senator Solly Norwood. So um, we're going to be communicating with him. As a matter of fact, those conversations have already begun. Right. Just to figure out everything that we're going to do because it's not necessarily what should we do it's what we're going to do right that's good that's good um, stuff that is good stuff martin i really thank you so much for joining us and just giving me you know and giving our audience a a hands-on look at what it is that you saw and what the help was and what it looked like and just how people received you all so just thank you so much for what you've done already um in the efforts to to relieve rolling fork basically and the delta as a whole amen not a problem. Not a problem. I appreciate you guys for having me. Thank appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate you. That's that's serious. Yeah, no, that is. And you know, you notice that they didn't even hesitate. They were like, literally, Sam's was, I mean, they were there, I mean, almost when, before the wind stopped blowing. Right. That's how fast. And right. that's just how we roll. That's good stuff. Yeah. And of course, you know, people are literally living in, you know, it's a, it's a tight old town. So people have moved out. They're still living in their grandmama's house. Yeah. They're still living in their mom's house. It's just, you know, that kind of living. So, of course, nobody has insurance. Um, and that's not to the fault of them. It's just to, you know, how everybody just lives in the country and, and in the small towns. And yeah, cities, and, and so. Rolling Fork had had challenges anyway because you had the backwater flooding back a couple of years ago. Right. Literally, they that area had been struggling anyway. And right. then, of course, it's 
you know, it's, it was a beautiful town. Like I said, I was there Tuesday night. Right. And, um, you know, and it's, it's where Teddy Roosevelt refused to shoot the bear. And it's mm-hmm. it's famous for that. And, and mm-hmm. it's where Muddy Waters was born. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's so much history there that now a lot of it's been wiped away. And right. so and, and I think he's got a good point. Number one, he said he's going to continue. They're going to continue to be there, which right. I think is important for the people to know that. That's, That's a good huge stuff. part That's of it. That's good stuff. I noticed the phenomena of chainsaws and casseroles after Hurricane Katrina. It's when the people in church vans show up and to cut the trees off your house and then they feed you. It's even before you can even get out of the rubble, they're doing this. And we've heard that already time and time again today. But once again, Mississippians have proven me right. And by the time the winds roared, cease, chainsaw motors had roared their life. Our generous nature answers the calls when storms hit. And I think it's because we know that, well, it could be us the next time or because it's already happened to us or just because our mama's raised us right. I don't know. I was talking with Bill Dunlap, the, the famous artist over the weekend. He observed that Mississippians of all shapes, colors, races, creeds, you name it, they seem to own a chainsaw and they know how to use it. Uh, that's definitely important. And I think it's because we get the opportunity a lot. But and I think you should get a free chainsaw when you become a resident of Mississippi. But that's just a que- that's just the thing. Uh, our next guest is a pre-recorded that I recorded a little bit before the show because she is the assistant emergency manager in the county uh, where Rolling Fork is. And, and, and she also is the editor of the Deer Creek Pilot, which is the weekly newspaper, uh, the legendary l- local newspaper. And folks, I tell you what. Um, she is doing an incredible job getting things together, not only to help on the emergency management side, but to put together the story of Rolling Fork and get it out there. And uh, she's a hero in my book, and she is exhausted. And so I just appreciate her taking a few minutes to talk to us today. Natalie Perkins. I have um, one of my friends on right now uh, from from Rolling Fork, and I got to see her last Tuesday uh, when the world was a much different place. We had Natalie Perkins. She's with the Deer Creek Pilot. She also does emergency um, work up there and, as you can imagine, is in between meetings and quite busy, and her world is being run on pure adrenaline right now. Natalie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Marshall. I appreciate it. Um, it was, yeah, it was a beautiful night, Tuesday night, and got to visit with you at the library and got to see everybody. And um, obviously, Friday night was hell. And um, I just mainly, number one, just, just good to get to talk to you and hear your voice. And But I just, I guess the most important question to start with is, how are you doing? Um, I, it's not a good morning for me. I, I went home for the first time. I don't, let me just say first, though, I don't live in Rolling Fork. I live in Anguilla, five miles away. Yeah. And my home is perfectly fine, and my newspaper office has a little roof damage, but we're we're okay, just no power. But um, I went home for the first time because I couldn't, I, I just, I couldn't stay by myself. And my my teenage daughter was somewhere staying with friends, and I went home and laid my eyes on her for the first time in forty eight hours last night, and that's when it it hit me. And as she and I sat on the bed and talked about what she had been doing, keeping people's children, had running a little mini daycare to, so that they could go help their friends and neighbors, the parents could, um, and listening to the stories. And I'm sorry about her and the other children who are, you know, they're teenagers and they're out doing adult work. And, yeah. you know, it, it just, it broke my heart and it finally hit me and, that was the first time I allowed myself to actually cry, and it's been hard to stop since. Um, 
So, yeah, I'm not doing real good this morning. That's okay. That's okay. It's perfectly, I mean, I'm, A, like I said, I can't tell you how just grateful I am to hear your voice. And, you know, you see all the damage on television and it's, you see it for two minutes and it has no contacts, but those are your people, you know, those are your, your readers, your friends, your family. Um, Rolling Fork is that way. And it's, it's, um, you know, it's a pretty amazing town. And, and like I said, I, I, I can't remember going to an event and being any warmer received than I was the other night. And I have worried yeah. about every single person in that room uh, since then. So, yeah, we, yeah. we, we live in a very close-knit community. We all know each other. We all love each other. Yeah, yeah. And, and that love is coming out. I mean, it's it's pretty inspirational to see the response that people coming into town and and I know you've been a big part of that um and you and you know you 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 wear two hats so you're doing two jobs and and you're trying to tell the story of everything that's going on as well where do things stand right now and what are some things that people can do to help rolling fork right now um I my newspaper hat is off I've got to put it back on tonight and tomorrow but um, I am the county's assistant emergency management director, and my, I have been emergency management. Yeah. Um, and the let me just say, I have to I, I have to give the emergency response community in the state of Mississippi and volunteers from other states all the credit for what is happening in Rolling Fork right now, as far as logistics getting generators, getting our volunteer resource center going, um, the the search and rescue teams from the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. I mean, it's just, the it, it's been this machine that's just going. These people know what they're doing. And, and frankly, myself and and um, my uh, my other counterpart with the county, we're, we are overwhelmed. We're exhausted. We're tired running on sheer adrenaline and um they're here and they come back every day and every every five minutes one of them's putting their hand on my shoulder saying we got this we're here for you and we're not going anywhere um but the response from people and volunteers and the donations that have come in have been oh that that's been overwhelming there are people cooking on street corners, giving out free food. There are There's so much water in Rolling Fork that every man, woman, and child would have enough water for a year. I think um, we just we finally had to tell people, don't bring any more water right now. Let us use what we've got because um, but our, you know, we're, we have a volunteer resource center set up at Sharky Aquina Academy. Um, if anybody wants to come and volunteer to help, that's where they need to go. And if you the equipment, resources, bodies, anything, that is where people need to go. Um, and they will, their information will be taken and they will be dispatched as, ne- as needed. Um, and uh, as far as um, the needs of our people, um, we just, we need love and support and prayers. Um, and um, you know, we're like I said, we're getting so much as far as resources in here right now. Um, ask me again in a week right. about what our immediate needs are. 
Um, and I do want to get this out there. We have a long-term recovery organization um, that was set up in 2019 when we had the eight-month-long backwater flood. It is the South Delta Disaster Recovery Fund through the Community Foundation of Washington County. It is a nonprofit, and every penny that they take in goes to the people who need it and to give them to, to get them back into safe sanitary housing yeah that's a question it, yeah, i mean like i said yeah. it, it you know and i and i watched the storm coverage and watched the storm and I, it looked like it was going to go north of town and miss the town and it turned it seemed like and it just hit it bullseye so and and i'm you know and i'm kicking myself i didn't get more pictures when i was there but so just kind of give us an idea. I mean, everything from the damage looks like everything's pretty much gone in the town. Is there any part of the town that's still standing? You said the newspaper office didn't have a lot of damage. No, the newspaper office did not. Um, our our primary um, business is on Highway 61. Our business center, you know, yeah. like our, our commercial area is on Highway 61. Um, we have... Um, our grocery store is back open. Good. It is on the high, on the north end of Highway 61. It is it is open and running again. It did not have damage. Um, our Dollar General is okay, but we have a, we have basically two retail establishments, a, a, a parts house, a, an implement, a, a John Deere implement place and um our bumpers and that's about what's left mm. people people all over the state of mississippi know chuck's dairy bar and it is no more it is gone um and uh we're basically you know there I, I told somebody this yesterday when when i have when i have been on the ground through town, I lose my bearings because all of my landmarks are gone. Yeah. Our courthouse, our courthouse is still standing. It suffered a good bit of damage to the roof and um, windows are blown out and things like that. Um, our city hall is the roof is gone. It's it's demolished um our post office has no roof um but and there are still structures standing but our our the the center of our city is no more and there are whole neighborhoods that are just piles of rubble i uh, after seeing the just the images of the homes and the mobile homes and everything else and, and the trucks laying everywhere and it's just a miracle anyone survived and it's just um gosh it is. yeah i have every every time that we have gotten a report of how many deaths and it stopped at 13 that that and that is let me clarify that it is 13 officially that we we do not have the number about if there were any other fatalities after people were transported to hospitals out of Rolling Fork. Yeah. But I do know that we had 13 fatalities that were here on on site 
um, Friday night, and when that number did not keep rising, I just, I mean, I, all I could say was we were so blessed that that number was not astronomical looking at Rolling Fork. I'll let you go here in a second because, like I said, I think you need a couple minutes probably just to catch your breath. But um, two things. Number one, uh, any way I can help you in the paper, let me know. Um, you know obviously, okay. I will give you cartoons if you need to fill space. I'll do anything on that. <laughs> so uh, I know what that's like sometimes trying to get content. Yeah. But I don't think you're going to be uh, short of things to cover. And, and you telling your community story I think is incredibly important right now. And, and the second thing yeah. is um, – I just, you know, a preacher friend of mine sent me a picture of the Methodist church. Somebody took a picture, like, from a drone of everybody worshiping Mm -hmm. out on the front steps. And, you know, as hellish as the tornado was, and obviously Rolling Fork has got a a, a long journey ahead of it. And, you know, what you're describing is you've just got to get through the day. You know, right now, everybody's just got to get through the day. We're not going to worry about six months to a year to ten years from now. But um, as bad as the tornado was, it is— awesome to see the people come in and the goodness that's happened since then. And um, you're part of that goodness. And I just wanted to thank you for taking a little bit of time with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, you got my number. So, you know, be in touch and we'll see what we can do to help out. Okay. Thank you so much, Marshall. Thank you, Natalie. All right, Jermaine. Yeah, that was powerful. On the line right now, we have got Derek Wentz. He was um, on the ground helping out in Rolling Fork. Derek, welcome to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. Tell us real quickly, we got about a minute, about what you saw and what kind of help that you all provided. Um, it was devastating. I, it was, it was, I've never seen anything like it before. Um, I couldn't couldn't refuse to go up and help. Um, it's just how I, I made a phone call to my brother. Asked did he feel like cooking. That was on Saturday, and he said he had already got a phone call. And I asked him where he get the phone call from, and he told me it was the tax place, and I was headed to the tax place. That's how the good Lord worked. I was headed to the tax place to do my taxes. And we all come together as, as four or five different businesses, and we collaborated, and we went up there and, and cooked uh, steaks and uh, chicken and uh, baked beans. And good stuff. I, I, I got a whole uh, pallet of water, took up there, uh, and a bunch of trucking companies come together, Right, and we just made it happen. Right. Derek, I thank you so much for joining us today, and um, just thank you for everything you've done. Thank you. All right. Thank you. And I want to thank all of our guests today for being with us and telling their very powerful stories. And join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. I'm Marshall Ramsey, and of course, for Jermaine as well. Thank you, and think how you can help all that have suffered from this tornado. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.